Welcome, welcome. My name is Kim Keller, host of the Nampa South Stake One Heart, One Mind podcast, where we try to talk about things that uh, bring hope uh, to the those who listen. And today, it's incredibly exciting because uh, both Lindy and I are going to be moderating this, and we brought in one of our stake members who's been in the South Stake for how many how many years? 24 years. So we have Matt Fowler. He's served in various positions of leadership in the stake, but he's just a good old humble guy that knows a lot of stuff. And and I particularly said, I'd like to have Matt join us on this because today is a special one. We're going to actually spend some time talking about the, uh, the talk that President Nelson gave in the Sunday morning session of, uh, of last uh, October 2020 General Conference. The name of that talk is Let God Prevail. So, just before we start, I'm just curious about any impressions that uh, that you guys had just w- after hearing the talk. Lindy, what, what thoughts did, did okay, you have? Okay, I'll take it on. Um, I think after, after hearing his talk, I thought definitely that was one I wanted to go back and listen all over again. He had a lot of... Um, direction and insight he gave to us and you could you could feel um you just feel the power in what he was saying that it was important for us to really digest it and and live what it was he was trying to say so i think my one of my biggest impressions that i remember was about um my view on people like what that really meant for gathering the house of israel what that really meant for um seeing people for um, their willingness to let God prevail in their life. And I immediately could see lots of people in my life that I started listing, not not listing literally on paper, but I would just, just seeing in my mind people who, who were just that. Um, I've always been super grateful to live in Nampa. It's been a special community. And I think that that attitude in general really prevails. Awesome. No pun intended. Yeah. But here. <laughs> good, good. Matt, what were your some initial thoughts? Well, I thought, uh, like President Nelson does often nowadays, is he, he usually just hits hits the nail on the head in, in what's important. Letting God prevail is really the key issue for me. Um, I remember when I was, oh, a teenager and just kind of new with my testimony and starting to figure things out. I I remember when life was easier, I made the determination that I will only do the things that God wants me to do. Um, he will call all the shots and I'll do everything he wants me to do and nothing other than that. And then as life got more complicated and as, as the years came on, I found that that was a harder challenge than I thought. And... Uh, and so, you know, we all find that we have other things that call out to us rather than God during our life. And sometimes we uh, not stray, but sometimes we maybe get, uh, uh, we put more energy into other things. Uh, and uh, I think this is President Nelson calling me back anyway. You know, go back to your ideals when you were a, a teenager and let God prevail finally. Just give it up and let <laughs> yeah. God prevail. 
Isn't that the hardest thing? And I think that he did a great job of multiple times making use of the word willing. Yeah. So what I'd like to do is just play a little clip of, of the talk where he kind of introduces this concept of being willing. So imagine my delight when I was led recently to a new insight with the help of two Hebrew scholars. I learned that one of the Hebraic meanings of the word Israel is let God prevail. Thus, the very name of Israel refers to a person who is willing to let God prevail in his or her life. That concept stirs my soul. The word willing is crucial to this interpretation of Israel. We all have our agency. We can choose to be of Israel or not. We can choose to let God prevail in our lives or not. We can choose to let God be the most powerful influence in our lives or not. So, when we listen to him talk about letting God prevail and using the word willing, um, he's, what, what does that sound like to you? He says, you can let him or you cannot. What, is he, what do you think when he says, are you willing to let him into your life? It sounds like life. It's always been that way. It's always been choice. It's always been what you're willing to do. I think often we let our wills go by just letting life go. We just kind of say, oh, whatever happens, happens. But God is much more um, willing to let us use our wills. That's, that's the whole point of it. And that we can, we can choose that, um, that you have power to choose him or not to choose him. Yeah. What does that look like to you, Matt? Well, I think, <clears throat> again, getting back to my feelings when I, when I heard this the first time, um, I, I get involved in so many things in my life and, and Heavenly Father is, I think, the main influence, but it's not the only one. And, and I need to devote more time to him. That's what President Nelson is saying to me. And so I need to, um, you know, I heard an article in an article uh, recently about uh, not only free will, but free won't. <laughs> and uh, this neuroscientist was talking about the free won't. And that's actually more important than the free will, because I need to start paring down a little bit. And maybe I won't spend my time doing these things, but I want to spend my time building up the kingdom of God. I, I want to, uh, I want to, I want that to be my focus. Uh, I'm getting back to that. And, uh, you know, as I near retirement, uh, which I am, I want uh, Cheryl and I to find ways that we can do that and devote ourselves entirely to, to God. And, uh, because he's been in, devoted entirely to us and we know that and we want to uh, turn that around so free won't 
<laughs> it's it's not that I'm deciding between sinning or not, but it's it's deciding between what can I really do for Him. Yeah, yeah. that's fascinating because it's so interesting how there are so many things for us to choose today. Uh, one of my kids sent me a text that says, "Hey, can you remove uh, Netflix from my computer?" <laughs> because because this child is realizing that this is taking a lot of time. And it made me, as I thought about that, and it's probably just a temporary thing, but I applauded the, that thought that, you know what? We have so many things that we can always choose from, and it's become um, so challenging to decide where to spend your time. But I, it's funny because a free won't would, would be, I'm taking this, 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 and this the, out so that my choices are only this small. Because right now it feels like we have to be able to access everything in order to have joy. But in some ways it's taking a lot of stuff out that we just don't even need or that are distracting us from from succumbing to God's will. I thought of myself with one thing, that my mornings are super important. How I start my day is super important. If I wake up and um, even if I wake up and pray first, but then the first thing I do is check my email, my mind is automatically in work mode or automatically like to-do mode. Or if I wake up and with my breakfast decide to sneak that piece of chocolate, the rest of the day I have chocolate somewhere. Hmm. But if I start my day in prayer and I start my day in the scriptures first, my day is much better set of being more likely to remember and to choose God the rest of the day. Yeah. Just like I'm more likely to not choose that chocolate at noon because I woke up morning but I think for, for me my morning really sets my what what I choose for us today that's great another thing about willing that I've always enjoyed is um, in the sacrament prayer in the prayer on the bread where it says uh, that we covenant to be willing to take upon us his name and to keep his commandments and to always remember him and I've always found that fascinating because for most of my life I didn't recognize the word willing I just thought it was I'm making a promise to always keep the commandments, always remember him and keep his name upon me. Like if I mess up, okay, got next week to do the sacrament again. But the covenant is just to be willing to do those things, to be able to humble yourself enough to say, God, yes. And I think in some ways it's harder to give up your will than it is to just try to be really good. And I, and I think, too, that will isn't just something we say, hey, I need to have more will. I need to want this more. There's something that comes before will, and that thing is is um, we need to experience something with God. We need to feel His love or be touched in some way and be drawn to Him. You know, we love Him because He first loved us, and we need to have some experience with Him, and then we start to love Him, and then we start to develop our will. Um, you know that that's one of the things that that's one of the things that uh, on a mission, you know, we we would always push our investigators. You know, why don't you want this? Have faith. You know, we push, push, push. And now I've realized that probably instead of asking them to think about whether the Book of Mormon was true, I should have been asking them first. Do you want the Book of Mormon to be true? And I should have spent time with them reading the Book of Mormon. 
and telling them how I feel about it and telling them what it means to them. And maybe instead of giving a discussion, we could have read the Book of Mormon together and we could have had the Spirit touch us so that they wanted the Book of Mormon to be true. And then when they asked if the Book of Mormon was true, they wanted it to be true. They could pray in faith and then they could get an answer. And I think it's, it's the same thing with will, is we've got to have some experiences with God first and f feel him and understand him. Then we'll start to have will. Then we'll, we'll start to want to follow him and be with him. And uh, you can't just wake up one morning and say, I'm going to be totally committed. That's a mind thing. Yeah, it has to be a heart thing. And uh, I don't know if any of that made sense. Complete sense. That's because in your relationship with him, your relationship with him is what allows your will to, to grow stronger, to give up your will, to, to really, you see his power in your life, and you feel it, and yeah. you want nothing more than to have that increase because you see the, the good that comes from it. Mm -hmm. You get it. You know how we talk about prayer uh, not being so much a, a, a list of demands from God, but rather a, an effort to know, for our mind to be the same as his mind. And in a sense, it's the same thing. When our will matches his will, that's, that's when prayers become successful. Versus God's just this person that I've invited into my story that when I need him, I'm going to ask him to step in. Mm -hmm. It's completely different than, no, the story is God's story, and, and I need to know what his will is. That's a very different approach to that, the daily concept of prayer, even. Well, that's why service is so important. I, I think when we serve, um, something enters into our heart. Uh, we, I do anyway, speaking for myself. If I serve, as I'm driving away from wherever I was, something enters my heart. And, and it's a feeling like, thank you. And that, that's something that I would have done. And, and when I feel that, I think, oh, my goodness, I, I love you. I, that, thank you for letting me know that. And so when I serve, I start to know who he is, who God is. And, and I start to really, my heart is drawn out to him. And then I can start turning my will over because I really want to. I want more of that. And uh, so for somebody to, you know, asking, well, how do I have how can I be more willing? Well, start to act like he did. Start to serve and do hard things for him. And then you'll start to feel his personality. Then you'll want to just turn it all over to him. Yeah. I think that's the process. That's great. I noticed in the talk, he, he kind of wraps in several topics in this talk. Did you notice that? He's oh, yeah. Things that he wants us to, to know about. He's talked a lot about the gathering the last couple of years. And so he, uh, early on in the talk, he, he talks about this. I'll, I'll read um, this quote here. With the Hebraic, Hebraic definition, definition of, of Israel in mind, the gathering of Israel takes on added meaning. The Lord is gathering those who are willing to let God prevail in their lives. The Lord is gathering those who will choose to let God be the most important influence in their lives. For centuries, prophets have foretold this gathering, and it is happening right now. 
as an essential prelude to the second coming of the Lord, it is the most important work in the world. So he's now defined what the most important thing is, but I liked how he tied that into who, who are these people going to be that we're gathering? People who are willing, right? What, what were some of your thoughts as you, as you read about that? Uh, one of my first thoughts, so I'm coming into this group as a, a mom of little ones still, and that my gathering takes place a lot at home. They're, they're little and they're learning, and I'm helping them learn to, like, like Matt, like you were saying, with helping them learn to, to feel that relationship with God, to have those experiences and to um, learn to have a willing heart. Kids are naturally willing, and they naturally have that great love, and it's my my privilege and my responsibility to to help gather them and continue on with what they they come come here with. So that was when I first was was my family, and then just those who are closest to me, my my own sisters, my cousins, my aunts and uncles, people who are close to me that I'm already around all the time. That's great. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Matt, what are your thoughts on that? Um, re refine your question again. Yeah, no problem. When it comes to the gathering being the most important work, yeah. what what are your just what are your feelings about that? Well, that's always been the that's always been the that's his work and his glory to bring to pass the immortality. An eternal life of man. He, he he wants to bring his children back to him, um, and I think in a very simple way that that's just like we as parents would want to bring our children back to our home at Christmas time and uh, have a meaningful experience with them. Uh, I think he wants to, in every way, bring his children back to him and gather them, and you know. It, go, it goes beyond just like a physical gathering. Sometimes we think that, you know, the, the Jewish people are being gathered to the land of Israel. I don't know if that's real important. I think it really is the heart. I think it's us turning our hearts to Heavenly Father and, and finding, exploring and finding that Jesus really is the Christ. He really is the Messiah. He really is our Savior. And that's that's the work of, of the church today. And that's... Uh, we, we, we do that by maybe looking a little bit like the Savior uh, to other people we, so that they can see us and see there, there's something characteristic there that I want and that, that's attractive to me. And then they realize it's because this is a Christian people. This, these are people who know him and follow him, and I want to know him also because these people act in a certain way that that's desirable to me. And and uh, I think it's wonderful to see the refinement of the church today in in its outreach to people of all faiths and all uh, races. And, you know, the the church is just beautiful today. It, the church and Christ, if I put them side by side, they'd be the same thing. You know, there, there's, 
there are people who are imperfect in the church, but the the vision and and approach of the church now is so Christian, so Christ-like. I, I'm just so proud to be a member of it because it's so helpful and loving and kind. I love that. I think it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful testimony to me that that I'm engaged in a work that's important and real. Yeah, that's great. And this whole gathering, uh, trying to, like you say, let other people know and be aware that we're just wanting to be with people and find people who want to let God prevail. prevail. Yeah. And, and that's, we're just gathering a group of people together to say, I, we will all let our will be swallowed up in his will. And that's who we're looking for yeah. in this yeah. gathering, whether it's in the home or in the workplace or in the community uh, or families. You know, are, are we all coming together with that in mind? Mm-hmm. One of the... Um, Interesting things he brought up. He introduced uh, the word as, as a key part of the talk is this whole thing called myopic. It tells the story of a, of a, one of his, I think, granddaughters-in-law who who was going to lose her father and how the only advice he had for her was the word myopic. What, what did you think when you first, or when you heard that story or first heard that? I didn't know that word. I was about to look it up. I was glad he explained it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, one thing I started to think of, just how that myopic vision, being able to see everything in an eternal perspective, changes everything. It helps you see that you can see the, the pandemic, the wars, the, the hard things going on right now, the really hard things going on right now. If you can kind of um, not take it away, but clear it away and see God's vision that he's 100% in charge. And he's gathering Israel. He's using, he knows these situations, and he's going to still navigate and help us to, to gather his people and bring peace and bring love and bring light, um, regardless of what's going on around. And I think being able to see that perspective allows you to really, kind of like you were saying in the beginning, there's so many things that you can um, put your time and effort into. There's so many things that you can learn about. It's endless. But if you have, as you've myopic, as you can have an eternal perspective you can see clearly and then you can choose so much better you can you can make the most important choices every single day yeah yeah that's great i mean so when he says that myopic is is being nearsighted i guess he's saying you're just only looking at what's right in front of you and like you said with with today's the things that we deal with we can wake up every day and be focused only on the yucky, hard, terrible things that are around us or that people say. And so uh, how, how, Matt, do you, how do you recognize when you're being myopic or nearsighted uh, and be able to, to change your vision, so to speak? Well, I, <clears throat> I think something that I'm learning and is that faith this is a this is a, something that I didn't really know before. Faith isn't my ability to cause something to happen. Faith is my acceptance that whatever happens is okay. Because because if I'm prayerful and I want something to happen and I'm trying to be righteous, I'm trying to be worthy of a blessing, but if the blessing doesn't come, 
then that's okay. In the past, I would have questioned, well, why didn't it come about? I didn't have enough faith. That's wrong. I mean, I've, I'm realizing that's wrong, wrong, wrong. Faith is just... It, Elder Wickman gave a, a talk, but if not, a, a few years ago in conference, and he talked about his little little son who was lingering near death in the hospital, and he and the state president and others came and gave blessings, and they gave blessings every day, and they pushed and pushed and tried to use their faith, and and he thought, I have... Why isn't my faith making him get better? But then he was walking down the, the hall one one day, one afternoon towards his, his son's room, and and he said, you know, I'm tired, Father in heaven. Whatever you want's okay with me. And his son passed away soon after that, and he said, I learned about faith. It, it wasn't that I was, I needed faith to force my son to get better. I needed faith to accept God's will. And now, now realizing that, he can go forward. Mm -hmm. And I can go forward, not just pushing everything in my life, making everything work, but now I can, I can say, I'm going to let God prevail. If you want this to happen, that's fine. And if, if this person doesn't get better when I gave the blessing, that's fine. I gave the blessing in righteousness with good intent. And if it didn't happen, it's your will. My faith then says that I shouldn't feel ashamed because my faith didn't heal the person. My, my faith doesn't heal anybody. But I, I should be uh, willing to accept that. Mm -hmm. And that's real faith. That's letting God prevail. You know, sometimes we think that if we let God prevail, we'll become powerful and we'll be, get the things we want. It's just the opposite of that, really. Uh, in the end, we will get what we want if we want eternal life. But it's a different animal. It, it's something I'm realizing. It's yet, yet when we do let him prevail and we let his will take over ours, we will be imbued with more power than we had before. Absolutely. And, and it may not be the power that we're hoping. It may not be Superman power, but it's the power to be able to handle all the other things that are going on around us with faith and calmness and be able to lift up other people. All of a sudden, we're given much more power when we admit he has it all. Power in, in, in things that we don't even realize yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and not the way we think that it should right. be. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, I noticed that President Nelson made a special effort to point out that God does not love one race more than another. Another one of these topics that he, he puts into this talk. And he emphasizes that favor or disfavor before God is dependent upon one's devotion to God, not by the color of your skin. Which I found, you know, a wonderful explanation of it doesn't matter who you are all God's looking at is are you willing to let him prevail in your life and uh, and uh, one other thing he said called out to me I grieve that our black brothers and sisters during the uh, the world over are enduring the pains of racism and prejudice Today, I call upon our members everywhere to lead out in abandoning attitudes and actions of prejudice. I plead with you to promote respect for all of God's children. How did you feel when you 
just asking both of you, what were some thoughts that came to you when you heard heard that? I said, hallelujah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's no reason for any of our prejudice. Just if we accept God as our father, then we accept all of his children as our brothers and sisters. And, and to the extent that we don't, then we're misunderstanding. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that President Nelson made a clear statement like that in our day. Um, and, you know, I see President Nelson arm in arm with, with uh, other races. Uh, and uh, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of, of what he's showing. And uh, I'm just glad we can make any break with any, anything in our past that I, I'm just so proud of him. I'm so grateful that he's let that happen to me. Yeah, and, you know, and when you talk about the break in our past, it's really, that break happens when all of us today just say, that's done. That, yeah. This is not how, how I feel or how I, how I look at brothers and sisters. Yeah, so. yeah I think it, it was great to, to hear it in conference. Yeah. It was great to hear it, knowing that the strife is going on today. That uh, If you think about it, it's, it's so basic. It almost seems not silly, but yeah, silly that you could even th think a different way. Like if you have yeah. the complete perspective, like you were saying that, like we're all God's children. That puts no difference between any of us. Mm -hmm. Never has, never will. And you know, today so many people talk about racial things for every other reason except being sincere. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But when President Nelson said that, to see that his countenance, the look in his eye, um, he, he, he just exudes love and sincerity. And uh, I, I think listening to him in general conference is one thing, but also seeing him in general conference is another part of the message he's giving. Just, just the love that, that comes out of his uh, being yeah. and his sincerity. And uh, I appreciate that too. That's great. I did, and Farley says, when I plead with you to promote respect for all God's children, that does make me stop and think, what do I do? What's my role? I think that's something for each of us to think about. What's what's our personal role in our personal circumstance? Yeah, wonderful. So there's a part in the talk where he um, he says he asks a bunch of questions. So I'm going to kind of uh, go through what he says there. He says. The question for each of us, regardless of race, is the same. Are you willing to let God prevail in your life? That's one question. What do you think? Uh, Matt, are you willing? <laughs> yes, I'll make a commitment okay, right, right now. <laughs> I'll come in. That's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing, but it's like, yeah, yeah, I believe, but increase my... Yeah, um, you know, heal my unbelief. Right, right. And and uh, yes, I'm. I'm trying to have a closer relationship with him so I can develop even more will. Yeah, yeah. Another question he asks is: Are you willing to let God be the most important influence in your life? Lindy, 
Am I committing too? Yes, it's it's (laughs) down. We're doing it right now. (laughs) I love that question because there's so many influences. Yes. There's that term right now, influencers. There's plenty of them. And that's a great way to describe it. Let him be your biggest influencer, are you willing? Wow. And it's so easy, though. I mean, I could be reading something that is just in the news and it influences me. It influences my feelings. It influences, I might be inflamed by it. I might feel passionate about it. And this is a very interesting question. Can I stop and say, whoa, 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 whoa. The only person who should influence me or the one who influences me the most should be God. That's a great point you make about how so many influencers are out there today. But you still have to know the news. You still have to know what's going on. You have to be able to know all those things, but let him, yeah, Yeah. let him be the influence. Let him be the most important influence in your life. You know, you you Nibley said something in an article that I thought was interesting. He said, "We, we can only usually make choices between two things. And so a mistake we make is we make choices between the wrong two things. So we make choices between uh, camels and Marlboro or bourbon and gin when really the choice is between righteousness and unrighteousness. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so, so I'm starting to realize that in my political feelings and in my relationship to the world, I'm making these decisions between Republican and Democrat liberal and conservative, that's not where the decision is. Hmm. The decision is, do I love all of God's children and will I treat them all with respect, regardless of what they're saying? Yeah. Will I stand for righteousness? Uh, will I love, not hate? Because it's so easy for me to hate right now. Yeah. There's so many things that I don't believe in and I hate. I've got to give that up. I, that's one of my... Uh, one of the addictions you got to kick. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We shouldn't have them them now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think, I think we as LDS people will have to do that. We're going to have to distance ourselves from what's going on in the world now because it makes us angry. Mm-hmm. We have to get rid of the anger and we have to focus on Israel. It's the most important it's work. It's the most heard important today. work. It's not conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, uh, House, Senate. You know, all that stuff that's going on now, it's not that. Mm-hmm. That's that's between gin and bourbon. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's not where the decision lies. The decision is, am I going to support the gathering of Israel? And am I going to learn to love and accept and let God prevail. And who am I willing to follow? Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, those influencers we can follow, but are we willing to follow him who's yeah. asking us to, yeah. to do so? Here's another one. He says, Will you allow his words, his commandments, and his covenants to influence what you do each day? Lindy, will you? <laughs> you're representing pressure. everybody High who's pressure. listening. You're representing Can I every first listener. say that Matt's uh, memory is incredible? You keep quoting people because he has nothing in front of him. <laughs> this is just coming from his memory. Um, yes, yes, and yes. We allow his words, commandments, and covenants to influence what you do today. Um, the, the, I think the more that um, the, the more you live those commandments, the more 
you just you want to. Yeah. You under you see the blessing, you see the power. I I want to ha have a great relationship with him, so I want to keep the commandments because I want to know really what's right and wrong. I want to be able to choose the best. And there's um, with all you can choose right now, and with all the different influences, and with all the what is true, what is not. <laughs> I, I truly, I want that. So I, I know that th those kinds are almost, that question is a, do I want peace in my life? Yeah. Do I want direction in my life? Do yeah. I want um, revelation? And yes. What's fascinating is I didn't realize until just now the, the, how he put the word influence in both of those questions, right? One is let God, will you let God be your most important influence? And then again, he says, his words, commandments, and covenants to influence what you do every day. Mm -hmm. Do the do the commandments and covenants also influence your daily actions? I thought that was interesting there. Will you allow his voice to take priority over any other? We've been talking about that, right? The influences of influencers and politicians. We let his voice take priority. Are you willing to let whatever he needs you to do Take precedence over every other ambition. Can I back up for that for a second? Yes. We let his voice. You've got your own little voice inside your head too, right? A little, yeah. A little yeah. doubts, a little. Oh, the, the, the negative talker. Yes. So let let those go away. And when those come, let let his power come. He says we're gathering Israel. Obviously, he thinks we can do it, right? Yeah. So when whenever there the doubts in our mind, or he thinks you can raise your kids right, so. We should too. He thinks you can be a good influence on your grandkids, so we should too. And not let those little doubts get in your head of ah, but 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 no. Let let his voice stay in your head and heart. Too. I like that. I like that. Thank you. Um, are you willing to let whatever he needs you to do take precedence over every other ambition? How in the world do you do that? That's hard, that's, right? That's a tough one. Yeah. That's where it is. But I think when you can use your ambitions to to do his will. Yeah. Um, my husband, he, he coaches basketball. Absolutely loves it. That's a huge ambition in his life is to coach. He, he's, he's good at it and he loves it. And um, But he also uses it. He uses it to bless the lives of those kids that he works with. And so I see God using our ambitions and our natural things that we love and gravitate to when we let him in that too, it's a beautiful, perfect combination. And I think, I mean, he gives us those talents and gifts and ambitions and you use them to do as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, that is. And, you know, again, I get with this final question he asked. Are you willing to have your will swallowed up in his? He double willed us there. <laughs> Are you willing to have your will? Um, that's, uh, how do you, I think maybe we can kind of end on talking about, well, no, there's one more thing I want to talk about before we end, but, but how do you go about letting your will be swallowed up in his will? I mean, what is the procedure? What are the steps to doing that? I go back to my mornings. I know it's very, it's very, um, basic, but it's kind of a more like a day to day. Like, I know there's bigger things that aren't just a daily choice, but starting that day with him. Hey, I've got this and this and this on my list. I felt to do this too. Help me know what's what's important. Help help me to 
sift between these or to make them all work. Mm-hmm. And I think then you see his will daily. I think it is a daily process. It's not a give up your will one day. It's it's every it's every day. It's every hour. So I think it's starting things off right daily. Yeah, excellent. And, and I think, like I said earlier, I think an important part is to is to get yourself in a position where you want to give your turn your will over to him because you love him. So you need to develop a relationship with him. Um, and that's what you're saying. Is is uh, in the morning your scripture reading and your prayers and everything. That's developing that relationship. I think service is developing a relationship. Um, just whatever it takes. You, quiet times in your closet. Whatever it takes. Spend some time getting to know who he is. And um, I, I, I think I just... And then the other thing, the other way we can turn our will over to him is go to the temple and voluntarily make covenants with him and promise to do his will, make those covenants and keep them. And um, uh, if we do that, I mean, the, the, the promises that we get, if we turn our will over in that way, voluntarily, being worthy to get that temple recommend, go to the temple and make those covenants. In the in the scriptures, the promises that are made for our family are amazing. And once we understand those promises, we do anything to make those make those covenants. And uh, I think that's an important thing is is going to the temple and making those covenants. That's great. Good. Well, the last thing I wanted to cover. Was I just found this uh, part of his talk so fascinating, where he says, During these perilous times of which the Apostle Paul prophesied, Satan is no longer even trying to hide his attacks on God's plan. Emboldened evil abounds. I love that line. Satan's not even trying. It's just like, here it is. you know, And it, it is everywhere. I mean, specifically the Internet has just made... There's no hiding anymore. This is just, hey, here's here's a bunch of ways that you can leave God. Let's go for it. You know, and it's not a subtle. It's hardly subtle anymore, is it? Mm-hmm. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We as a people need to get have some deep experiences with God, so we're just immune to all that. Yeah. And. We have to help our kids have those experiences, so they're just immune to it, too. Yeah, he says, The only way to survive spiritually is to be determined to let God prevail in our lives, to learn to hear his voice. What you were talking about earlier, and to your point earlier, um, it would be really hard to give your will to somebody that you just don't know, right? Why would I give up my will to somebody I don't even know? And so for us to walk around and say, you got to give your will to God, give your will to God, to your point, we've got to get to know him when we pray, when we study, when we explore our relationship with him. Then it's we want to give our will. But if someone just tells us to, you need to, that's that's harder. Yeah. I think knowing him is a lot easier to give your will to him. You know, I heard this song just recently that I've heard before. It's 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 called Were You There? 
and it was a, an American spiritual back in the 1800s. Uh, you know, the slaves had these horrible lives, um, but somehow they were some of the most faithful people on the earth because they felt God's presence, and it was a great consolation to them. When they were so oppressed, they could still feel God's presence. And this came out of that, out of that feeling. Were you there when they crucified our Lord? Or were you there when they crucified the Lord? Sometimes it, when the song says, sometimes when I think of it, it makes me tremble. So I thought of that, you know, that's, that's why they could live amongst all that oppression is somehow in talking to themselves or or praying or thinking they were there when Jesus was crucified mm. somehow their spirit was there were you there and because they were there they knew who he was and they loved him and they turned his their will over to him and uh that's what that's where we need to be yeah were you there when that happened were you there in the grove when joseph smith saw the father and the son were you there when these things happened we we can be there and if we are there through our then we'll have experiences of that and we'll know that they're true and they're right and and then we'll we'll love the lord and we can turn our will over to him I don't know if that makes any sense either. Well, even if it doesn't, Matt, we're going to let our listeners ponder <laughs> on it. And I'm sure they get lots of feedback via uh, our, our page. <laughs> no, we're, you know, thank you both for, for coming today. We, we have enjoyed studying up on President Nelson's talk. We've enjoyed talking about it. But honestly, I think the best thing we can do is remind all of our listeners to go back and listen to it again. Uh, and we invite you to, to, to feel what it feels like to have God uh, prevail in your life. So, Let God Prevail is found in the uh, October 2020 General Conference in the Sunday morning session. So find it there and listen to it again and again. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to One Heart, One Mind, Nampa. Our hosts are the amazing overseer Kim Keller and lovely Lindy Bauer. President Keller's right arm is our project director and podcast announcer Casey Maddox. Our front line is the ever-ready Rachel Bauer to direct the site recording. A big thanks to Michelle Lundgren, who is the backbone project manager for us and keeps us all together. Our contact man to coordinate communications clearly is John Freeman. Our technical life is given by Jesus Gomez the key grip and podcast editor, and Don Ricker, the platform manager. Not to mention, they both provide plenty of behind-the-scenes good humor for our happiness. Thank you for listening to One Heart, One Mind. We hope that you have felt inspiration and hope in moving towards Zion. As always, thank you, and may the Lord bless you.